0: Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 11, let me quickly read it so that we'll know that we are still fighting shallowness. Amen. We are still fighting it. Hallelujah. We see it all around us that we need to continually fight it. Amen. Matthew 11 verse 7, reading the message, it says, when John's disciples left to report Jesus started talking to the crowd about John. And Jesus said, what did you expect when you went out to see him in the wild? A weekend camper? Hardly. What then? A shake in silk pajamas? Not in the wilderness, not by a long shot. What then? A prophet? That's right. A prophet. Probably the best prophet you'll ever hear. He is the prophet that Malachi announced when he wrote, I'm sending my prophet ahead of you to make the road smooth for you. Let me tell you what's going on here. No one in history surpasses John the baptizer. But in the kingdom, he prepared you for the lowliest persons ahead of him. For a long time now, people have tried to force themselves into God's kingdom. But if you read the book of the prophets and God's law closely, you will see them all culminate in John. Teaming up with him and preparing the way for the Messiah of the kingdom. Look at it this way. John, is the Elijah you've all been expecting to arrive and introduce the Messiah? Are you listening to me? Are you really listening to me? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, when it is asked about you. So when you met him, when you met her, what were you expecting? What did you think? Who did you think she was or he was? Yeah, do you think that he was just a shake in pajamas? I don't know. That one bothers me more than a weekend camper. It really bothers me, but I know there's a reason why it's there. For the last two um, Sundays or so, we've started looking at fighting shallowness, amen, because one of the clear things is that there is nothing advantageous about being shallow. There's absolutely no benefit to it, Amen. Yeah, there's nothing that you can get out of it. And I think that we also mentioned the fact that a little depth can be extremely dangerous and can be very deceptive. Amen. Yeah, when there's an illusion or a sense of being deep. Yeah. And that's why sometimes even Christians get themselves into very bad situations because sometimes... Like, everyone I say, because the preacher is shouting and rhyming, it appears deep. <coughs> do, do, do you understand? But it doesn't necessarily mean it's deep. Amen. Yeah. So, you have to differentiate it and realize it that a little amount of death is equally dangerous. Some of us have an idea of certain medicines. And because of that little idea, we tend to (laughs) self-medicate and take drugs as we please based on very, 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 very limited knowledge, you know. Somebody was really surprised when they arrived in England and realized that you can't buy antibiotics over the counter. I said, you cannot even buy it behind the counter. You know, but it's because of a lack of knowledge and deeper understanding of it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so it's, it applies to even all the different diet plans on the planet. And then the more you listen, the more you realize that all of them really don't matter. <laughs> yeah, and the truth is somewhere in between them. Amen. Yeah. And um, we also realized that shallowness tends to reflect in every area of life. Yeah. You can have a marriage that's a shallow marriage, isn't it? can be in a relationship. Remember that the first day we started talking about, we defined one of the definitions of, sh- of shallowness is where there's mutual, limited benefit. Isn't mm-hmm. it? You know, so you can have a very, very uh, shallow um, relationship you know sometimes I even get surprised that if somebody has come to tell you that they love you and they are uh, doing all they can to keep you away from meeting their sister their brother their mother their father it should, it should it should tell you something it should it should just tell you something that uh, in their books the relationship is very limited do, do, do you understand yeah or sometimes you happen to be in town with a person and then people appear who know him. They're like, hello, hello. And he keeps you, you know, covered. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst he, uh, he, he, he talks, he has his uh, conversation. Yeah, so uh, it's a message, you know. Yeah, and, and it goes all the way even to how we think. And how we take decisions. And then you, you, you can, if we like, next week or the, when we have thirty first night and we have to bring our plans for 2019. And we all write it and we put it down. You don't need, there will be no names. But just by the writing, there will be some that you can put S on and some that you can put D on. There, you see that their are, they are plan for 2019 and their mission is very shallow. And their mission for 2019, you can see, it's very superficial and very uh, surface-oriented. Do, do, do you understand? Yeah. So you see that it reflects everywhere. Yeah, it's, it reflects everywhere. Yeah. I've said this before. I don't see why your 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 banana must only come from waitress. Do you understand? It, it's a very shallow approach to banana. Yeah. And you see that people thrive on various things. And it's across nations. Yeah. In fact, the poorer the nation, the more they thrive on the superficial. You didn't get me. You'll get it later when you have thought about it. deeply. Yeah. The poorer the nation, the more they thrive on the superficial. Because when you are in a poor environment and you have a very nice phone, you are next to the king. You are regarded in a certain way, do you understand? Even though it's a very superficial thing. So you see that our fights and our battles and all, you know, because we all have to fight. All I'm trying to do and get us is that now when we are using our energy, our thoughts, I think it is not for superficial things because we are all going to have to fight. We are all going to have to be challenged. We are all going to have to take decisions. We are all going to have to part with our money. But what are you parting with your money for? Yeah. You think about it as the year is ending. How much you have spent on very unnecessary things. And even how much you have given to God. Oh, I'll preach it. Seth. Don't worry. I you can all be quiet. I will Just leave me alone and I will, I will. I will. I will preach it. Yeah. Because the year has, is ending. We have more, less than 10 days. We have how many days left? Prince, how many days we have left? This year, Prince has gotten away. You know, he hasn't been doing countdown, so. We have what? 15 days to the end of the year. Yeah. 15 days to the end of the year. You can calculate since 1st January. Yeah. What you have used your money for. for. Whether it was money you worked for, money that was given to you, students' loan. You see, students' loan, it, it has that word at the end of it, loan. But people get their students' loan and they go and buy gadgets, this, and then the person who gets most of the money is Uber Eats and Deliveroo. Hmm. Yeah. If you if you look at it then you realise that can you account for it? You th- think about what you have spent most of your year talking about. Most of your year, what you have, when you sat down to talk, what have you been, what have you spoken about? Most, most, 24 hours a day times 365 days. What have you spoken about the most? You think about it. Now, 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 as I'm talking, think about it. It's a trap. It's a trap. Yeah. Because you, you realize that. You, you realize that for most of us, our conversations were totally not valuable. Yeah, most of our conversations, whether by medium of social media or by text message or by phone or, but you realize that most of our conversations didn't add value to your life and probably subtracted value from somebody else's life. Because you see, when you send somebody a bad text, preach, pastor, preach. (laughs) When you send somebody a bad text or to make the person feel sad or to make the person feel bad or to be, do you understand? You have taken something out of theirs and neither have you added anything to yours. But it's because we didn't Analyze things from a certain angle. We didn't have some deep appreciation of our time. Do you understand? Appreciation of our words, appreciation of our finance. We didn't have a deep, you know, it's just. And you see, stop making those kind of statements. It's only 20 pounds. It's, I don't like hearing that because it's only five pounds, five of it becomes 25. It's only 20 pounds, five of it becomes 125. It's only, it's only, it is not only. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it was just, it, it was just. It was just. It's not just. It's not just. It's not just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I didn't even really insult her. I just told her the basics. You know, last week when we started talking about areas where we should fight shallowness and what we're going to use to fight shallowness. And then we mentioned the word of God, that the word of God, we have to go deep in it. The word of God, we have to use it to fight shallowness. The word of God also exposes our areas of shallowness. You know. And as I was about to continue, you know, so we looked at light lamp, then the Lord prompted me on something. And he said that fighting shallowness is especially important in the theme that we gave 2018, which is total commitment. You cannot have commitment in shallowness. You cannot have commitment in shallowness. Why? Because for you to be committed to something, you must have an appreciation for the thing you're committing to. For the person you are committing to. If I, let's read Psalm 105. So today I just thought that we'll touch on it a little bit. That's fighting shallowness in our commitment. Hallelujah. Yeah. And also a question that you have to ask yourself. How shallow is my commitment? How shallow is my commitment? How shallow is, you see, sometimes we, we don't realize how trivial or how very important some of these things are. People get married and you'll be surprised that maybe somebody will fall ill or something and they divorce. Because the person will say, hey, I didn't marry to come and look after a sick person. Yes. Marriage is spoiled because a child comes in. Then you find that man standing there and say that since you gave birth, your body shape has changed. Don't don't do don't do that! Don't do that! Don't do that! Stop stop that! Stop that! Stop that! You see you see we are laughing about it, but it's extremely serious. Do you understand? It's extremely serious. And and today, allow me to just share what the scripture is saying. Amen. Yeah, because we need to test our commitment and see. I mean, if you, you'll be surprised that the passion with which people organize their wedding is not the same passion with which they live their married life. Psalm 105 verse 19. We make our faith a mockery. We make the word of God a mockery. Psalm 105, verse 90. The Bible says, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Amplified he tried and tested him. And this particular verse, when you read the verses before, it was talking about Joseph. After being in the pit, after the experience in Potiphar's uh, wife, after going to prison, after the baker and the butler swerving him and all that. It says that until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord, tried, because the beginning of all that came from him opening his mouth and saying that his brothers will bow down, his father and mother will bow down, blah, blah, blah. He will become the, it was a word that had come. Do You understand? But before that thing came to pass, he was tried and tested. So, the thing that you say you are committed to, before it will be fully revealed, you will be tested and tried. And if you are shallow and if your link to that thing is not tight enough, you'll not make it to that place where that word that is spoken will come to pass. I, I truly believe that most people's uh, uh, missing of even what God pronounces over them and what is decreed over them is because just before that blessing is coming, they depart, they separate, they give up, they throw it away. So if you cannot be committed in shallowness, then definitely when it comes to total commitment, you have to fight shallowness it's not just for you to because total commitment is a different one from commitment total commitment includes good and bad yeah I can be committed to you but if things mess up mm. total commitment means even when things mess up I'm gonna stand by you the people who are truly blessed in life are those who have even if you have just one person who will stand by you when you're on the wrong side of the track it is very easy to have people with you when you're on the right side of the track. Oh, it's very easy to have people around you when you are doing well. It's very, very, as some of the young people who are now old, when they were young, it was very easy for people to come and tell them, I love you. They always had compliment. They always had somebody saying, oh, can I get your number? Yeah, those of us who have gone past a certain age, how many times has somebody asked you, can I have your number? Preach, pastor, preach, pastor, preach. <laughs> I am saying that the reality of life, you see, that is why some people, they shouldn't marry. Because when you, if you want to marry, you have to marry on this side of the track and on the other side of the track. When the six pack is there and when one pack is there, you are there. But, uh, uh, you are you're there. Yeah. When there's hair, and when there's no hair. Yeah, when there's flesh, and when there's no flesh. Yeah. When the breast stands straight, and when they go down. It doesn't matter. You Your commitment is tested through your depth or lack of depth thereof. So these are the questions we are asking. Do you know and understand the responsibility that this commitment you're about to enter comes with? Do you know and understand the responsibility that This commitment comes with. Commitment comes with responsibility. People who are able to take responsibility are people who appreciate what has been given to them. Yeah, I just want to have a child. I want to have a child. I want to have a child. Babies are so sweet. Babies are so nice. I want to marry. I want to marry. I want to marry. I have to marry. I need to marry. I ought to marry. I should have been married. I definitely will marry. Oh my. And the funny thing is that we'll spend so much time looking for somebody to marry than even preparing ourselves for marriage. We are fighting shallowness now. So you know, some girls, especially the, the ones who are the, 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 the unsaved girl, they know how to attract. They can attract a pope. They can attract a bishop. But that is why Christian, we must learn something. You see, every time we talk about Delilah in a negative way, but next year maybe to be part of the sisters' comment. you see, there are things that Delilah can teach us. We have to understand what is inside the lap of Delilah. But you see, that that zeal and passion to attract, what about the zeal and the passion to keep? You know... Sometimes it's such a blessing because maybe you have gone through so much, then you come to know Christ. It's an exciting thing. It's a blessed thing, you know. But do you understand what it entails to give your life to Christ? Do you understand what it means to say I'm born again? Do you understand what it means to say I'm saved? It's not a title we carry around. Yeah, it's not an opportunity now to look on other people who haven't yet had that grace. Bad people. Bad people. Look at them. They are still drinking. They are still smoking. You think that is why you were saved? To to become a critic of the unsaved? Preach, Pastor. Get back into your way. Another question you ask yourself is, what am I letting myself into? What am I letting myself into? And you see, that is what surprises us. Yeah. Some of us, we are praying for a specific job. You're praying for a specific job. When you get the job, then you realize that in this job, we don't have closing time. In this, yeah, you want to become a corporate, you want to climb the corporate ladder. The corporate ladder, you don't do 9 to 5. You do 7 a.m. to 10 p.m. You do Saturday Monday. You take your work at midnight, you answer emails. But you pray and fast till you get a job. Then you will come to church and be angry. Say, no, I don't like the job. They are using me, they are using me. And then that is why, and that is why when we are teaching on certain things like career or finances or whatever, even in this church, we, we always try and emphasize the fact that the thing you are going to change. Chase, it must be something that you really have a passion for because it is going to consume you for it to succeed. Yeah, it's not just that you have a big title and now, by the grace of God. I work with KPMG and I'm their uh, regional. Do the, no, 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 no. no. Yeah, the regional, the, he doesn't stay home. <laughs> he does region. What am I letting myself into? what am I letting myself into? Yeah. Those of us who are pastors and ministers in this church, we know it's not a joke. Hey, it's not a joke. Yeah. So you come there and say, Oh, me too. One day I'll become a pastor and say, good, <clears throat> but you must be ready. Yeah. So that one day when there's fire, when there's water, when there, you know, because always we only see the nice bits. Yeah, because you see that, you see that, oh, that's what the ministers, they they are very anointed. You know, they are very spiritual. You know, they are this, they're there. You have no clue. And that is why sometimes people, a lot of the crushing, can cease if we took a bit more time to have some depth before taking that step. You understand? Yeah. Raising a child is difficult, period. I don't, I don't care whether your child is John the Baptist, whatever. Raising a child is difficult. Raising a child is not like a puppy. So if you haven't had some understanding and appreciation and, you know, I just get amazed that the things that have to do with our humanity or our spirit and soul, we don't put as much effort in as the things that have to do with our worldly aspect. Yeah. You don't just become a teacher. Don't school you and school you and school you. You don't just drive a car. You practice and practice and practice and take a test and take a test and take a test. Yeah, but when you want to give back, you just find somebody, go there, come back, and then at the point you see that hey, this thing is what is it going to cost me? What is it going, so I am just highlighting that commitment cannot go with shallowness. What is it going to cost me or what am I going to have to invest in this thing? What is the emotional cost? What is the financial cost? What is the physical cost? What is the relational cost? It is going to cost you. 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 Yeah, economy will tell you that you miss something to gain something. Yeah, miss something, gain something. But it does. For us to have this church, something has to give for this to be there. For the church to do well, something has to give for the church to do well. If the choristers and the praise team decide that don't be rehearsing, we can't have a praise team. No, no, no. They have to give their Saturday uh, afternoons and their Sunday afternoons so that we can also enjoy on Sunday morning. And I'm, in fact, it is one of my prayer for 2019 that for CICC, We will appreciate what it costs to have a certain kind of church. What it costs. Listen, if if a child who has not been well-trained, who has not been disciplined, can never grow up and do well. So a church that is not disciplined and not well-trained can never grow up and do well. And that is why sometimes, you know, when you see a healthy church, then you know that it's a church where people are brought up well. Yeah. When you see, you know that when you see children, you can see children and know that they've been brought up well. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in a Pamela school, but I can imagine what her teachers think of her parents. Yes. I can imagine what her teachers think of her parents. And it didn't just come somebody has to be there to say go and study go and sleep you can't watch that give the phone back they, you don't have a phone for two months no somebody has to yeah because in that same class there'll be also be somebody who has two phones and is still stroppy and doesn't care and will tell the teacher and walk out of the class Number four, what level of sacrifice is expected of me? In two ways, from others and of myself. What am I expecting to sacrifice? Do you understand? What is self-expecting, ready to give? And what are others expecting? There are some men who have groomed themselves that they will marry a rich woman. So that all their worries, yeah. So when they come and say hello to you, they want to check your current status and also your family background. Can your mother and father carry us? What level of sacrifice? What level of sacrifice am I ready to give in this marriage? Am I ready to give? I, yeah, you can't. You see, you're excited. You're excited to have a baby. You're excited to have a baby. Then you realize that Saturday people are going to party. You can't go. Nobody's your babysitter. Then you suddenly realize babies are also not allowed in the club. <laughs> but you never thought that it was part of the sacrifice you have to give for having a baby, it's not a toy. What is the level of sacrifice that I'm ready to give? Even, even Evie disappeared. <laughs> For those of you who don't know Evie, you can ask Beulah after church. Who is Evie and where is Evie? <clears throat> it must be a movie that has to be made. Where is Evie? Everybody was excited when Evie arrived. But one day we woke up and Evie was gone. <laughs> you know, when you see a home that is running well, you see a marriage that is running well, you see a church that is running well, there are people who are sacrificing on a certain level. You cannot tell me that anything can work well without sacrifice. The reason why the people who are climbing the corporate ladder work from 7 a.m., because somebody has to do it. The cleaner may not need to do that. The security guard may not need to do that. The clerk may not need to do that. But the one taking corporate decisions has to wake up in the night and think about it. But the one area, one of the greatest area is the church. And in fact, you watch it. Actually, when the church grows more, when this church becomes five hundred and thousand, you have more people who don't sacrifice anything. Which Pastor preach? Number five. How do I perceive situations, victories, and challenges? But most importantly, How do I perceive the Word of God? How do I perceive situations, victories, challenges, but most importantly, the Word of God? Because, most importantly, the Word of God, because the Word of God is what ultimately pulls us out of shallowness. Listen, when the Word begins to have a certain effect on you, you cannot stay shallow. just for a few minutes, I just want us to look at two people who reflect that in scripture. And the first one is Jesus. You know, Jesus is the one who gives us, I believe, some of the greatest examples of real commitment. Yeah. And not just what Jesus said, but for me, As I was even preparing on this, I realized that we have certain scriptures that everybody, Christians and non-Christians, know it, memorize it, have it, but you realize that we have a very shallow understanding and use of it. You know, there, there, there are some popular scriptures even, especially when you come to some of the books like Philippians, Colossians, and things that we really like. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. C- can, you, can you put it up for us to see? I'm going to show you two scriptures that we really like. Le- first, let's look at uh, Philippians 4.13. Then we'll look at 4.19. Scriptures that is in every prayer, is in every declaration, is in every, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a powerful scripture. But you see, when you even look at the verse 12, the last two words, it says, look, 10 to the It says, suffer need. Suffer need. So it, it tells you that, listen, before you go and open your mouth and say, I can do all things through Christ, who strengthens you have to also acknowledge that I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. And because I have capacity to suffer need, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You don't wake up in the morning to say, I can do all things through God. No, you wake up when you have suffered, when you have abounded, when you have a base, when you have been in need, when you have been in lack, when you have struggled, when you have challenged. <laughs> then you get up, then you say, I can do all things. Yeah. Saying, when you look at Philippians 4.19, let's look at it. Yeah, I, I'm helping us to appreciate scripture and to apply scripture well, it says that, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Give us verse 18. He says, indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you a sweet smelling aroma an acceptable sacrifice well pleasing to God my God shall supply all your needs when your sacrifice is well pleasing to God the shallow christian takes this philippians 413 philippians 4, and walks and plays around and sinks it all day that's why some of these songs must be burned. He water my bread, he butter my cocoa, he de, 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 carry my. De, de, every time we are dancing. Yeah. See, somebody will come into a church like this and will be very frustrated because they want to go to a place where uh, come and collect but is that what really Jesus came for listen when you are in a church test it and see whether they take Genesis to Revelation yeah no church must just be as for this church we major on grace as for this church we major no Whatever the church is, Genesis is as important as Revelation. And if Genesis is as important as Revelation, then it means that God will show you when to suffer, when to sacrifice, when to receive, when to be above, when to be beneath. Jesus gave us, when he was teaching, one of the known scriptures. I think that's what I use in catechism. For me, when they say we should learn, you see, I've been like that for a long time, because of all the scriptures, I just chose John three sixteen, because you have to memorize it and go and say. So why don't you memorize a scripture you already know? John three sixteen. I don't even think any of these children will miss it. It's a scripture that is known. How many of us don't know John three sixteen? So we can pray for you. Stop the service right now. John 3, 16, put it up. It says what? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Those who are matured in the face more will add verse 17. For God sent not his son into the world to become but that, that through him he might be saved. Then we'll feel good. <coughs> but... For God so loved the world that, you see, Jesus gave it to us, and we have decided to use it in a very shallow manner. Yeah. In fact, it has become the main text for evangelism. Yes, that is what we use to introduce people to Christ. And it is true. Yeah. And when you look at the scripture, it says that for God so loved the world. So it means that God is love. It is true. That he gave his only begotten son. It is true. That the thing that God valued the most, God gave it to us. Yeah. That God does not withhold any valuable thing from us. It is true. But you see, all those are shallow understanding of John three sixteen. Because if we look at it any deeper, and if Jesus is trying to tell us anything else, it will be a bit worrying. Yeah. Then you see that those who are in the intermediary will say that anyone who loves gives. Because he says that, isn't it? For God so loved that he gave. So when you love, you give. It's true. But when you read it, you realize that Jesus was not only telling them, for them to know that God loves them, God loves the whole world. But also to let them know that this is an example God has set for us. And that is what God is expecting of us. So it means that when you get deeper, you come to realize that God wants you to love him with everything you have. Every valuable thing must love God. What is the verse saying? The verse is saying that if I'm a Christian, I should not withhold anything from God. Because God did not withhold anything from me. there's a direct correlation. Yeah. A lot of things about the word of God and about what God is teaching us. We either gloss over it, we ignore it, you know. In fact, there are certain scriptures we even reserve for men of God. I mean, I don't know who they are, where they are, but they are somewhere and we reserve it, you know. But when a Christian is coming out of shallowness, then they will take the word of God. They will take scripture and they will look for scripture that will test and try their commitment to God and to the things of God. You want to know whether you are maturing as a Christian. Stop using, you know, I'm above and never beneath. I'm ahead. Now they tell no. No, go to Jesus. See, everybody must spend time reading the words of Jesus. That's why they are in red. There's a reason why they are in red. And if you really read the words of Jesus, your Christian life will change from receive it, receive it, receive it. Jesus gives us, let's look at a few of them. Luke chapter 14. Go home soon. 2019, we are not going to be shallow. Yeah, we are not, we are going to stop just consuming junk. We're going to stop consuming sweets. We're going to stop consuming ice cream, cheesecake. We'll, we'll, We'll minimize, won't stop, we'll minimize the consumption. Preach, pastor, preach. We'll minimize the consumption. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if I say we should stop completely, you know, that means some of us will fail. We don't want to fail. We need to pass, so we will minimize. Yeah, because you see, everything in scripture we must take. Yeah. When God says, my grace is sufficient for you, we take it. Yeah. It is a good thing, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and when he says that, the, you know, the blessings of God, they make rich and they add not sorrow, we take it. Yeah. But then when Jesus is also teaching, we take it. Amen. Yeah, so I want to read it from the Amplified, Luke 14. Let me read it to you. I'm reading from verse 25. One day, when large groups of people were walking along with him, Jesus turned to them and told them, anyone who comes to me but refuses to let go of father, mother, spouse, child, brothers, sisters, yes, even one's own self cannot be my disciple. The King James says that anyone who does not hate father, mother, spouse, Yeah, I think you should put a new Uh if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother Mm -hmm. wife, child, brothers even his own self cannot be my disciple anyone who won't shoulder his own cross, follow behind me, can't be my disciple is there anyone here who is planning to build a new house and doesn't first sit down and figure out the cost so you know if you can complete it If you are only getting the foundation laid and then run out of money, you are going to look pretty foolish. The title of a message, pretty foolish. Everyone passing by you will poke fun at you. He started something and he couldn't finish. Simply put, if you are not willing to take what is dearest to you, whether plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you cannot be my disciple. Then verse 33 summarizes it. It says, simply put, if you are not ready to take what is dearest to you, whether it's plans or people, and kiss it goodbye, you cannot be my disciple. Amen. Jesus was teaching. He wasn't teaching pastors. He wasn't teaching men of God. He was teaching a large crowd. It wasn't for five people. It wasn't for ten people. It was for everybody. Yes. So the instruction that Jesus was giving was not for a chosen few. It was for everybody. And he turned to them and he said that, listen, if you cannot let go, if you cannot hate. And you see, when he says that, he's not saying that, go and hate your brother, go and hate your sister. No. What he's saying is that, when the rubber meets the road, when you're at a junction where family is not going to accept Christ or is going against the word of God and we have to do a joint family thing, which is against the word of God, at that junction, will you let go? Yeah. If your family, your wife, your spouse, your child, whatever, at that junction, because what Jesus is telling us that, listen, you must value God more than anything else. You must value God more than your husband. You must value God more than your wife. You must value God more than your children. Yes, because your children, your wife, and your spouse can't take you to heaven. They don't have that capacity to save your life. Your children are not a replacement for God. Your job is not a replacement. So he's saying that, listen. And not just your family, you yourself, you must be ready to let go of yourself. Yeah. You find very few Christians that God comes before family and no. For some of us, even church comes before God. I always tell the church workers this, listen, if you don't learn to love God in a certain level, you cannot serve in the house of God well. And that order must be put right. That's why sometimes people struggle. Because if you don't love God, you can't save the people. Because the people that you have to serve, they are some way. Yeah, the church is some way. The church is filled with some way because I'm in it and you are in it. So unless we love God and we want to serve God, we can't serve the church. And we can't serve people. And then he goes on to tell us that, listen, anything you start finish, anything you are doing complete. Say that people will come and be laughing at you that you started. Yeah. Some of us, we have become like, a, what do you call um we are quarterway, halfway, incomplete. Yeah. If it's a relationship, we don't complete. School, we don't complete. Work, we don't complete. I saw a CV once was put on my desk. I was like, hey, but this person, where have they been? Everywhere they've worked is approximately four and a half months, five months. It's like, who's chasing you? <laughs> hey, they've worked there three months, two months, two and a half months, four months. But it's because they don't take time to even find out. Sometimes you're so desperate for a job that you just take it. Then when you go, you don't like it. I want to leave us with this. That we should stop trivializing things. We should stop glossing over things. We should stop treating Our lives, as if it's part of goods or items. Your life is not an item. Your faith is not an item. There is something more to it. You know, let let me, when you go and read Luke 12, you see Jesus talking about another thing. But then Paul helps us. Paul helps us and tells us that, listen, When you come to commitment, the way you know that you are really committed is the opposition you come against. John 15, the Bible tells us in verse 18, if you find the godless world is hating you, remember that it got it started by hating me. Verse 20 says, when that happens, remember this, servants don't get better treatment than their masters if they beat on me they will certainly beat on you if they did what i told them they will do what you tell them matthew 20 verse 28 the bible says that is what the son of man has done he came to save and not to be saved and then to give away his life in exchange for the many who are held hostage says but God put this love on the line for us by offering his son in a sacrificial death, while we were of no use whatever to him anyone who wants to live all out for Christ is in for a lot of trouble 2 Timothy 3 verse 12 anyone who wants to live all out for Christ is in for a lot of trouble There is no getting around it. I feel like for a lot of us, Christianity has been missold to us or misrepresented. Real Christianity is that I am worn out. You know, there was an old preacher. He said, I am fully spent. If you are going to walk completely in the faith, and be totally committed, then you have to be able to say that, listen, I have gotten into a lot of situations because of my faith. The verse 13, 14, 15, it starts explaining, He says that, listen, People will be teaching all things. People will be saying all things. But you stick with the integrity of the word of God. Stick with the integrity. You see, it takes a mature person to stick with the integrity of the word of God. Sometimes I feel that we even want the preacher to add something to the word of God. Or to redefine the word of God so it will be a bit easier to swallow. Verse 16 says that every part of scripture is God-breathed and useful one way or the another exposing our rebellion correcting our mistakes training us to live God's way through the word we are put together and shaped up for the task that he has for us rise up to your feet so how am I to respond that's what I'm leaving you with Philippians 1:18. so Pastor Gloria you have spoken about this today how am I supposed to respond Philippians 1:18? How am I supposed to respond? Philippians 1.18 the verses before, people were preaching because Paul was in jail. Others were preaching all sorts of things, ridiculing Paul. And Paul asked, "So how am I supposed to respond? How am I supposed to respond?" So I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I have some faith, but. The kind of commitment Jesus had, I don't think that's the kind of commitment I have. How am I supposed to respond? And Paul said, I've decided that I really don't care about their motives, whether makes bad or different. Every time one of them opens his mouth, Christ is proclaimed. So I just keep cheering them on. And I'm going to keep that celebration going because I know how it's going to turn out. Through your faithful prayers and the generous response of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Everything he wants to do and through me will be done. For somebody who is in prison, for somebody who is in prison, Paul says, We we are not in prison. We came from home to church. We are going back home. We are free to go everywhere we want to go. Paul says in verse 20, I can hardly wait to continue on my course. I don't expect to be embarrassed in the least. On the contrary, Everything happening to me in this jail only serves to make this Christ more accurately known. Regardless of whether I live or die. They didn't shut me up. Actually, they gave me a pulpit. Alive, I'm Christ's messenger. Dead, I'm his mountain. Life versus even more life. I can't lose. As long as I'm alive in this body, there is good work for me to do. If I had to choose right now, I hardly know which i would do. My prayer for us is that as long as we live in this body, there is good work for us to do. As long as we live in this body, there is good work. Look at Paul in prison, still committed to what Christ has had laid on him.